are listening to Pandora's Box Radio with Kalia LaRoche. For more information about my products and services, counseling, coaching, hypnotherapy, books, and audios, please visit NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. Hello and welcome to Pandora's Box. This is Kalia. And today the topic of our podcast is starting over. Be all that you can be in 2023. We're heading into a new year. The beautiful thing about a new year is it gives us an opportunity to start fresh. Whether you make a commitment to lose weight, get in shape, eat better, quit that job, move to a new area, or have a more active social life, the new year is a great time to begin again. If you've had a challenging or difficult year for whatever reason, including that really bad breakup with someone you thought you would spend the rest of your life with, there's no better time to take your power back and recreate your life. And let me tell you, 2022 has been a challenging year for most people. In fact, the last three years have been pretty challenging. So hopefully things are going to start to improve. In my winter solstice episode, I talked about the death and rebirth process and how with the turning of the tides from getting darker to getting lighter, we can use this energy to propel us into a life more filled with light. So moving into the new year is a time of rebirth. It's a time to reflect on what you want to do differently, how you want your life to look moving forward, and what you're willing to do in order to see this happen. I begin every new year with a fast or cleanse of some sort, whether it be a master cleanse with lemon juice, maple syrup, and cayenne pepper, or just do fresh pressed juices. It's a time for me to renew on a physical level. January tends to be the only time I do a serious cleanse. Some wonder why I fast midwinter instead of when the temperatures are warmer. I've tuned really into my natural cycles, the natural cycles of my body, and have found a rhythm in how I eat and when I fast. In November and December, I enjoy heavy, dense foods. I make wonderful soups and a ton of raw food treats like chocolates, cakes, and cookies to share with my friends over the holiday. Although they're made with dates, nuts, and maple syrup, rather than processed sugar and flour, they're still heavy and they're still sweet. I also make my own version of banana bread this time of year, which is primarily ripe bananas, dates, oat flour, and walnuts. I only make these things these two months out of the year, and it's really fun for me. Not only do I enjoy them, but my friends always look forward to the holidays at Kalia's house. I also create an amazing environment with lots of Christmas lights and beautiful scented candles. So walking into my home during the holidays is like walking into a living postcard, complete with all the wonderful homey smells. 
I tend to put on a few pounds in the winter and I let myself completely enjoy this season with all that it has to offer. But come the first of the year, I fast. I do a reset. And after 10 or 15 days without food, I no longer crave all the delights of winter and start looking forward to spring. After my fast, I usually transition to raw food only, eating a variety of raw fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds for a month or two. And then I transition into about half cooked food and half raw until the holidays come around again. In the summers, I enjoy the farmer's markets while traveling, eating all of the fresh grown garden delights. I've been on a cycle like this for years and it really works for me. The first of every year, I drop the few extra pounds from the winter holiday season and step up my activity. There's a period of renewal that happens both on a physical level and a mental emotional level. Because when we fast, we're fasting on many levels. It isn't just about taking out food. When we remove food from our life, we remove our addictions to food as well. We have to really learn to sit with ourselves in our discomfort and our cravings and move deeper into the spiritual where we rest and reflect inward. From this place, we also listen for the changes that want to be made in our lives. Our diets may shift to something healthier and better for our individual bodies. We may have new business ideas or inspiration to create something new in our lives. We may feel a new commitment to our health and well-being. Nobody can tell you what you should be doing or what is right for you. This is an inside job and it requires inner focus and reflection. Whether you fast or juice or eat lighter, you will face your addictions to those things that no longer serve you. It could be the internet, social media, television, being a couch potato, drinking too much alcohol, or eating the wrong kinds of foods. It could be the string of bad relationships you've had that you need to change the patterns. It could be codependency and poor boundaries you need to change. It may be the job that you hate or your living environment. Only you know, and the deeper you go into spiritual reflection that happens when you remove all the distractions, the clearer you become on what your fresh start looks like. Whatever your fresh start is, it requires dedication and commitment. Most people who begin diets or exercise regimes the first of the year, their New Year's resolutions, they've already given up by the middle of the month. This is most people. It's actually very common that people only have about a two-week span of attention to what they actually want to create in their life. So the question you have to ask yourself is, are you going to be most people or are you going to be someone who commits to changing your life in a powerful way and stick with the program, whatever program it is? People fail because 
They don't believe in themselves and are unwilling to be uncomfortable. We need to be willing to get off the couch and be uncomfortable in order to build the life we want. Doing the same thing we've always done is guaranteed to bring about the same results we've always had. So if you want to change your life, doing the same thing you've always done is not an option. Be willing to be uncomfortable. Face the dragon. That dragon may be your addictions to certain foods. It may be lethargy. It may be fear. It may be other addictions. Whatever it is, face it now. Don't put it off because if you do, it will just become bigger and more overwhelming. How does someone get to be 400 pounds? Well, one pound at a time. The dragon just gets bigger and bigger because the person who's allowing themselves to gain all that weight allows the dragon to master them instead of them mastering the dragon. And we all have our dragons. We all have those things that get in our way of creating the life we want. Let's look at relationships for a moment. Since I work in the field of relationships, I see that most people have the desire to have good, healthy relationships. Most people want a significant other, but at the very least, they want healthy, nurturing social connections. Our relationship with others always has our relationship with ourselves at the core. If we don't have this relationship right, we won't get our other relationships right. Why do narcissists, for example, always sabotage their relationships? Well, it's because their relationship with others are a perfect reflection of their relationship with themselves. They project all their inner demons onto those that they are closest to. And everybody does this to some degree, but narcissists are just masters at it. And they don't change and grow because they never confront the inner demons. Instead, they project them. Well, if we can learn anything from narcissistic people, it's that we don't want to be anything like them. It feels horrible to be so unloved and so uncared for. This isn't the life that we want. We want a life filled with love compassion, empathy, tenderness, sensitivity, and the ability to care deeply for others and be deeply cared for. So how do we get that? Well, we don't just magically manifest it into our lives. We have to develop those qualities within ourselves. We can't wait for someone else to give us what we are failing to give ourselves. We need to learn to give ourselves more love, more compassion, more empathy, and care more deeply for ourselves. We need to learn to forgive ourselves for all our failings, our misgivings, and our wrongdoings. We're only human after all. We are human, not perfect. If we expect perfection of ourselves, we will always fail because nobody's perfect. We will also project our need to be perfect onto others 
and have unrealistic expectations of others. Loving ourselves means accepting ourselves and our down, downfalls and limitations. But it also means to believe in ourselves and know that we are capable of doing better. We are capable of creating a better life. When we've created the life we're happy living, it will be much easier to bring someone into our already happy, healthy life. But if we're unfulfilled and unhappy in our lives and are of the false belief that someone else can make us happy, we're only fooling ourselves. Someone else may make us feel happy temporarily when we're in the newness of it all, but eventually life settles back down into a rhythm, and when it does, the old feelings of unhappiness and discontent will surface, and we may project this onto our partners, believing they failed to continue to make us happy. And this is why so many relationships don't make it past the honeymoon phase. But if we have a happy, fulfilling life, we can continue to live our happy, fulfilling life regardless of who enters it, as long as we don't start giving up what is important to us for the other person. We need to remain committed to what feeds our soul and fulfills us and not jump ship every time new love enters the picture. If a perspective romantic partner requires that you give up who you are to be with them, they are not a good match. Love doesn't require that we give up who we are. It doesn't require that we give up the things or the people who are important to us. It joins us in our world rather than disassembles our world. If somebody comes into your life and tries to disassemble your world, they're the wrong person. If you're with someone who's trying to control your world and what you do with your time, it's time to take a good, hard look at your relationship. And perhaps it's a good time to leave. It's a good time to return back to yourself and the life that truly feeds your soul. I always like to look at relationships as either giving us energy or taking energy from us. If you feel energized and lifted up in the presence of a person, then it's a good relationship. If you feel drained, defeated, or deflated, then it's not good. Really, this is a no-brainer, but we often don't think of our relationships in this way. If you grew up in a family where you felt defeated, deflated, and devalued, it might feel normal for you to be in this kind of energy. And if this is the case, this is what needs to change. It is time to rise up above your old programs and see yourself as worthy of love, compassion, and care. Those who can't provide this should not be in your life in any kind of consistent way. People will deflate you to make themselves feel bigger, and this is not a good arrangement. They need to deflate you to make themselves feel bigger because they feel so small and insignificant, 
but this isn't your issue, it's theirs. If you feel small and insignificant, it's your job to inflate yourself, not by making others feel small, but by loving and caring for yourself in such a way that you don't allow other people's opinions of you to tell you who you are. Only you can tell you who you are. You have to define your own reality. You need to know you're good enough to live the life you want to live and have the love you deserve to have. You are powerful enough to change your reality. You don't have to stay in a deflated state, believing that you're small, insignificant, and worthless. You can rise up to a place where you feel worthy, empowered, and know that you matter. You can rise up to a place where you know without a doubt that you are lovable. It doesn't mean that you will never have moments of feeling deflated or unworthy, but you don't let these moments overpower you and take you over. You need to learn to view these moments where you feel disempowered as reminders of how you used to feel, but you don't need to stay here. It doesn't have to be your norm. We bring ourselves back to a place of worthiness and empowerment through positive self-talk, self-love, and self-nurturing. How do you imagine a child grows up to be strong and confident? He or she has a parent who instills that confidence in the child by repeatedly telling them that they are loved, that they are important, that they can do anything they set their mind to, that they are worthy, they matter. They're not only told these things, they're shown these things. Maybe you weren't fortunate to have this kind of parenting, but that's why as adults, we must learn to reparent ourselves. We need to have the mature adult part of ourselves who can tell that insecure, wounded child aspect of ourselves how beautiful and amazing and worthy he or she is. Not just once, not twice, but all the time until it becomes second nature. This is creating the new program. When we set out to do something new or different or break a habit or form a new one, we need to foster that positive parental voice within to be on our team. You can do this. You're strong. You're powerful. If we have the unconscious voice of a neg negative parent or sibling or ex-spouse or even a current spouse taking root in our psyche, that part of us consistently tells us we can't do anything. We're not worthy. We're foolish to even try. We will never succeed. Why bother? If this unconscious voice is in control of you, the first thing you need to do is pay attention to it enough to know that it's there, that it's running the show. You can't change a voice until you become aware of it. As you become aware of it, you can cancel it out. You can recognize this voice isn't you, 
but it's a program that's been installed in you. It's a failure program. And failure programs always bring about failure. We can replace the failure programs with success programs by changing the voice in our head. We need to dethrone the voice of failure within us. Take it off its pedestal. Remove it from power. And in its place, install a new king or queen. One that has our best interest at heart. One that believes in us. One that's going to encourage and support us in all of our endeavors. The life we're living is the result of the predominant voice in our head. So you have to ask yourself, is the predominant voice in your head a loving, compassionate, and encouraging parental voice? Or is it a judgmental, degrading, and discouraging voice? We all have the power to dethrone the negative, judgmental parent within. We take the power away from this internal voice and erect in its place the kind, loving, encouraging parent. Even if we never had a loving, kind, encouraging parent. Most people listening to this podcast, if you are a parent, you've been a parent, or plan to be a parent, you would want to encourage your child to greatness, right? You would want that child to feel loved supported and encouraged, right? Well, you can do this for yourself by developing awareness of the negative internal voices and replacing them with positive internal voices. Some people will tell me, I just don't feel worthy. And this is okay. You don't have to feel worthy to do this. You likely don't feel worthy because your internal voice is negative and enforces your sense of unworthiness on a daily basis. If your child felt unworthy, what would you tell that child? How would you encourage her? If she wanted to join the soccer team or the choir but didn't feel she was good enough, what would you tell her or him? Be aware of your internal voices. Pay attention. What is the inner dialogue going on inside of you? If you could do one thing this new year, change your inner dialogue because when you do this, you can change anything you set your mind to. I didn't grow up in a warm, fuzzy, emotionally available family, but I did grow up with parents who instilled the idea that I could do anything I set my mind to. And this stuck with me. Because I grew up with the sense I could do anything or be anything. It took me a long time to figure out what I wanted, but whenever I truly wanted something, I made it happen. Because there was something within me that believed I could do it. And we all can develop this inner voice at any age. Age is not a factor. We may have a few more years of negativity to undo, but it can still be undone. Undoing negative programming is a commitment and it takes time. But anyone can turn their life around in a year's time if they start now. So think about the first of the year and then think about the first of next year. 
If you start now, you can do this. And I know this because I did it myself. I used to have the worst negative voice constantly questioning and doubting myself and my abilities. I had a strong failure program and a judgmental negative internal parent. I started catching myself in all the negative things that I was saying to myself and I changed it right there in the moment. If I caught myself saying, Kalia, you're such a loser, I would turn it around by saying, that's not true, you're a winner. If I caught myself saying, you're so stupid, I would turn it around and say, you're not stupid, you're very smart and very capable, you just made a mistake. I continued to do this process over and over until I wasn't saying those negative things to myself anymore. That negative internal voice was dethroned and in its place a loving, compassionate, positive internal voice was erected. So when you make the decision to reinvent yourself this new year, decide how that is going to look and start the process of dethroning the negative internal parent and erecting the positive, loving, compassionate, and encouraging internal voice. You can do this. If you have a narcissistic voice in your head, it's the same process. The narcissistic voice is the negative internalized parent or the inner narcissist who's always finding fault with you, shaming you, blaming you, and making you feel small and insignificant. That voice has to go. And you use the same process. Why is it that so many people have such difficulty, do you think, letting go of a narcissist? Because they've internalized the narcissist and now the voice lives inside of them. Imagine that. We often need that narcissist to return and make amends to us, offering us validation and a feeling of significance. But we don't really need that external narcissist for anything. That's an illusion. That's a false belief. We need to work with the internalized narcissist. It may have begun with a parent or a sibling or a boss or a significant other early in life. Nevertheless, the internalized narcissist really wreaks havoc on our psyche. We can dethrone the inner narcissist and in its place erect the compassionate, loving mother-father. It takes time, sure, but it's a process that absolutely needs to happen if you are to resurrect yourself from the pit of despair, the pit of despair that the narcissistic program has put you in. Be all that you can be in 2023. Rise up. Take your place amongst kings and queens of the heart and the soul because you are a winner. You are worthy. You are good. You can recreate your life just the way you want to. The question is, what do you want? And now, go out and get it. If I can be of any help to you on your journey to greatness this year, 
please contact me through my website at NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. I want to wish you many blessings for the new year, and I will see you in the next podcast.